you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The punk rope. Give it to Henry. Henry is going to try to get to the goal line and does. Touchdown. Pick it to the end zone. Touchdown. And there it was. Deontay Johnson finally gets into the end zone. Levis steps up, fires, and it's picked off. Quan Alexander cements it. Quan Alexander finishes it off for the Steelers. You knew they had to win tonight, 20-16. to 16. The moment I booked Dave Damashek, who helped birth this podcast, by helping Dan and Mark out and putting them on the back of uh, his podcast, the old Dave Damashek football program, I knew something magical would happen with the Steelers, that they would look like the inferior team for most of the game, and then they would have a game-winning drive. Because that's what the Steelers do. They are 5-3. and three. And yes, my guest is Dave Damashek, the host uh, of the Minus 3 podcast with our old friend Eddie Spaghetti. Kevin Hench is on there. Dave Damashek. Uh, I was glad I didn't. I thought it'd be fun podcasting if we had an angry Sheck with a loss, uh, but I'm happy to see my friend happy. I appreciate that uh, you're looking well, the boss, uh, back from your European swing. You and the fellas, glad that went well for you. Glad even more that the Pittsburgh Steelers survived another knuckleball game. It is remarkable. It really is. <laughs> The, the other side of the equation is that that's what the Steelers do to everybody, no matter how good or bad they are, every game. as you, you always have to just understand that what Mike Tomlin wants, whether you like it or not, even in the year of the Lord 2023, his goal isn't to just win. It's to win every game 12 to 11. <laughs> and that results in ugly ball on both sides of things. So, listen, they survived again. So be it. And you know what? I think... They survived in a more replicable way that should give the Steelers fans a little bit of optimism. That last interception by Quan Alexander in there partly because Cole Holcomb gets hurt. You're without Minka Fitzpatrick. So you got some holes here in the secondary. You don't totally trust your quarterback, Kenny Pickett. We'll get to all that. We'll start really talking about the Steelers. And then, yes, Titans fans who do want to listen to this. We'll get to Will Levis because I think big picture-wise, Will Levis... It's probably the biggest story in this game. I think we, hmm. we've we met a gentleman the last two weeks who's now going to be part of our lives, I believe, for, for many years to come. So that that's always interesting. But the Steelers are the team in position for the playoffs. And I would say, and I've watched every Steelers game, that this was probably their best offensive game of the season. <laughs> that they had a Imagine 10... that. <laughs> I mean... That's wild. They had a 10-play drive to start the game for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. That was nice. Uh, they had three other drives, 10 plays or more. And when they got the ball back with about nine minutes to go, I thought the way they run offense, look, their best chance to win might be to go run an eight, you know, have an eight minute drive. They can't go down the field. They don't really trust Pickett. Once it gets in long yardage, they seem like they're in trouble, but at least they were running the ball. They were setting themselves up. And when they needed Pickett to make one big throw at the end of the game, he did it. He dropped it in the bucket to Deontay Johnson, who, who made a really nice catch along the sidelines. That was on a third and long. That was part of their 94-yard touchdown drive to take the lead. And then they didn't let Pickett throw the ball again the rest of the game, essentially. And it worked. It's remarkable how this formula seems to work for them. But I have seen since the bye Pickett playing at a reasonable level. Maybe not even as good as he was as a rookie, but at a level where you have a chance to win. I wasn't seeing that the first five weeks. The five week, first five weeks felt like a mirage. Now he at least looks competent enough that it's something to build off. Well, you know, old news. And in fact, you are the one who sort of responded to my cynicism 
five, six, seven years ago when it was start, starting to set up that, you know, guy at the QB at the end of his rookie contract, you got to shell out 40, then I guess it was 35 million, 40 million. And how oh, shame the devil, you can't give that to Matt Ryan. And, um, and you pointed out, Hey, you know, the, they are raising that cap to accommodate those quarterbacks, but there is sort of a ebb and flow to it. And it does every year or three kind of catch up with teams. Like we can't afford this guy who ain't worth the 40 or 50 million. So sorry for that setup because that's not where the Steelers are. They're in the sweet spot year two of their rookie QB. I mean, of, of their, uh, of their youngster QB. Well, not that young. He's mid twenties. Um, <laughs> but either way, you know, the, it, the the oddity is, as you say, all they need, theoretically, given that this is a supposed to be a defense-dominant team, the offensive line, that's been the big disappointment to me nine games through or eight games through, I should say, in nine weeks, is I thought that the offensive line was going to be collectively a position of strength, and it hasn't really been that. That's been, I mean, all the Matt Canada stuff overstated, in my opinion, and you know, I thought Kenny Pickett was going to be the steady hand, you know, take care of the ball and all that classic game manager. But the thing that has plagued him all season long, and I'm sure you've observed it is he misses wide open throws. And, and he did it what's tonight. damning is they're right. I mean, they are the throws he misses all season long are directly over the line of scrimmage about 10 yards, 10 yards depth. It's what do, do you not see it? He's either late or just flat out misses it. And yet, he does the most remarkable thing in sports. We always talk about clutch and whether clutch exists. And in fact, clutch is maintaining your level when it gets hottest. Mm. Kenny Pickett does the opposite. He's He is the bizarro Clayton Kershaw who high, who goes high level all season. And then when the playoffs start, he uh, it's a diminished version of the stud pitcher. Kenny Pickett somehow actually plays better. In the fourth quarter, what gives? I have I have no explanation. I guess I'll I don't. Take it. I don't I know no if choice. it's going to keep up forever. The numbers support you. They they showed it. I always watch. I you know this is the most football hipster thing about me, or maybe not the most. You would say I was one. Uh, is I love the the next gen stats prime vision cast. Me and the mm. boy watch it, and it's beautiful. And they they show the numbers for Pickett for the first three quarters and the fourth quarter this year, last year. It it's all actually true. He he's second in the NFL in fourth quarter or overtime comebacks over the last two years too. And that that's with, that's with uh, Kirk cousins in first place, not two guys who you, who you think coming up big, but he does have the knack for it. Part of it is that they're always trailing and right. they have a chance to go win a game and they're always in one score games, but you're right. He missed throws early in this game. There was one to Pickens, which killed the drive that was on a third and eight goes right over his end. There was one early to Deontay Johnson, just sails uh, right over his head. There was, there was a dirt ball at one point. And he even said in the post-game interview with, with Amazon, just, yeah, he was really pissed off at himself. And he said, excuse me for my language. I was like, you don't need to say hmm. excuse me for pissed off. That's that's too much. He's keeping uh, it classy. It, that's the way he does it. The uh, Yeah, and, and the other one that he missed too was he had Connor Hayward, to my earlier point wide open at the oh, goal yeah. line directly in what would look to be his line of sight and just doesn't even look at him. He, so he, he's he, got a, he's got an issue. You know, one of my um, guests on this program, JP Acosta, a young writer who was with SB Nation, you know, mm -hmm. pointed out his, his spray chart tonight where he's throwing the ball. And he's like, this is a high school offense. He, he can't go anything over the middle in high school. It's counterintuitive, but everything's on the boundary. Cause that's where they can see better. Uh, even though it's, it's further to throw it. And, Teams play the Steelers in a certain way. They they play backed up. They play zone, mm -hmm. and they just try to prevent the long ball and the back shoulder throws because that's what he's good at. That's like the one thing they're good at. Now that Deontay Johnson is healthy, that it gives them something else they can maybe be good at. It's not it's not just that. That's what George Pickens is good at. But at a certain point, Kenny Pickett's got to need to be better than than just those throws. But tonight. He got it done, and the reason I say they had the best-looking offense is definitely the best game running the ball all game, mm -hmm. and you said you're disappointed with the offensive line, but they protected Pickett well tonight, and they ran sure. the ball well tonight, so tonight was a nice night for their offensive line. I completely general. agree with that, and it does feel like they're starting to turn the corner, slow going as it is. I mean, I th as I said earlier, too, 
I get the Canada concerns. I see the limitations and all of that. It's now crossed the line into being groupthink nonsense. It's just the abject job. It's not Matt Canada's fault that Kenny Pickett is missing wide open guys. But well, what about the field. fact he's on the sideline tonight and then suddenly everything looks better? Matt Canada on the sideline, he's a totally different guy. Yeah, right. That's a, what, what do you think that was about? Accountability? You think that's some old Coach T thing like – Matt, you're gonna have to look him in the eyes when you when you when you. Do. I mean, I don't know what the what the notion was. I right, listen. I it think just thing, things aren't working, and so it worked. And, and try something different. That's here's all. A, here's a little sunshine for you, and you know me well enough to know that I am not. Uh, I the I'm not optimistic about any of the teams that I root for. And but yet you always been, pick the Steelers' record right. What was your prediction before this season? You're always like one game or right on. I've never been more than a game off, and as you may recall, six straight years, I hit it on the nose. Um, I <laughs> went with 11-6 and six this year, and I oh think that's exactly gosh. where they're going to wind up. And they might. I mean, that's the thing. They've played poorly. Sorry to cut you off. They've played poorly, and they've gotten to 5-3. and three. Yeah, Our friend Mark Sessler said all offseason they're winning 12 games. So he, he, he won up to you. I mean... At some point, a team that looks bad and is four and three usually ends up starting to play better, and then they'll win more games, and that, that's what I'm afraid. Well, of. I mean, I think the thing that, that specifically with this game and all the hand-wringing again on the banks of the Three Rivers, I don't know if Football America is obsessing over the nitty-gritty with the personnel on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but... You know, a lot of concern about why isn't Broderick Jones, the first-round draft pick, getting the shot over Chooks on the right side, which he did tonight on, on Thursday Night Football, or Dan Moore. People are indifferent about which tackle he replaces. Just, dude, you got to put in Broderick Jones. you got to put him in there, dude. He's a first-round pick. Um, JPJ, how come he's not playing? Well, you see why when you watch a game like this. You have to fuel the plane at 30,000 feet. You want the the... Um, high pedigree specimens on the field, of course. But on the other hand, then they make rookie plays like JPJ made a handful of times. I also think Nuke Hopkins really... JPJ being Joey Porter Jr. I'm sorry, yes. I, I was working yeah. short. I even had to me. think about it for a second. We, you know, we're I'm like not one all, of those people who follows a, who likes a band Steelers and just refers, to, yeah. re, just refers to band members by their first name like they're my friends. <laughs> you see when Jerry was, when he was jamming during space, <laughs> like, you know, drums, man. Man, Bob was, he was, he, man, he was grooving with, like, you know, like, I, who are you talking about? Are these your friends in the garage? No, no, no. I was talking about the big show. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Joey Porter Jr. is coming on, but... Made a couple of boneheaded plays. Broderick Jones really set the Titans up in a great spot at midfield, essentially, with uh, taking his helmet off on the field. So, you know, fits and starts as far as that goes. I, I will say optimistically, at this point, you would like to think Joey Porter Jr. becomes a bigger factor, not less. You would like to think Broderick Jones becomes uh, a, a position of strength for you. Um, out there the rest of the way. And I really do think, and, you know, we can talk about Kyle Shanahan's offense and the, the fungibility of receivers and otherwise, but the Steelers need to have George Pickens and Deontay Johnson on the field or they're kind of going to be a high school offense. I mean, that's that's just the fact. Yes. Not Oh, George Pickens is down for four. Deontay Johnson's going to miss the next four games when he got hurt in week one. I knew that, that, the, that they were going to be bonking their heads on the ceilings for the next month when you don't have one of those two guys. They're just not at that place roster-wise or even philosophically or they can't to take advantage keep of them out. They don't have an offense that can make up for it. Even if Canada's not as bad as everyone thinks. Like You're absolutely right. I, I thought that too because Deontay Johnson, if I had to choose just one, as great as Pickens is at this point in their careers, just to help Kenny Pickett along in this offense, like Deontay Johnson is probably more valuable because he's going to create more first downs ultimately uh, than Pickens, who, you know, cost the Steelers four points tonight on a nice throw from Pickett just by not getting his. Foot yeah, down. that was wild. That was weird. And but did you see the Deontay Johnson? I mean, he didn't cross paths directly, or did? No, yeah, no. Antonio Brown was long gone by the time, but he gave he gave the AB special. On that deep shot up the right sideline on the game-winning drive, just just as the ball's about to get there, little ghost push, little ghost push. Ref can't flag that one when you when you when you short arm the DB to create just enough space. It uh, I got a little deja vu. He he he's I think he's an underrated. He's a great player. He had gotten yes. 771 snaps without a touchdown. The Titans sort of dared the Steelers to run all night. They were pointing that out on, on next-gen sets. I, I tried to give them credit. Sa Sam Schwartzstein, I believe, 
is his name, uh, saying that they play with the lightest box in the league, like six guys in the box, and they did it the whole night. At like no point did they ever were they ever afraid of the Steelers running. They thought we're bigger and stronger than you. We're going to be able to stop your lame running attack, and it has been pretty lame all season, and have extra guys on the back end, but it didn't work because Najee Harris ran pretty well. It was more about the holes to me, but he still broke a few tackles. And then Jalen Warren is a a dynamic player. He's one of your three best offensive players in my mind, uh, along with the two wide receivers. He had 88 rushing yards. He had 25 uh, yards receiving, and he made that touchdown in the last drive really happen with just like a special run. That's that's what you need. It's what the Patriots don't have, for instance. They have no special players who just make plays on their own. They rely on their coaches to do do everything. On defense, you got some special players, though, and Alex Highsmith, I'm not going to say he's playing better than T.J. Watt. Watt's the defensive player of the year candidate, but tonight he did. He had five quarterback hits. He had eight pressures. Next-gen stats says he's got... Four games with at least seven pressures. The only person in the league, I believe, that has that is is Miles Garrett, I think, other than him. So that that's he's very consistent. He's very good. And he him and Watt were bigger difference makers than any of the Titans defenders. And it's true. If, they if, were kind of upside down almost in the way that the game typically flows, which is the TJ Watt comes on as the game goes on and wears down the uh that no he was relatively quiet he still had some pressure the first quarter i thought if he is getting off like this in quarter one and this many old linemen on the titans are are going over to the sidelines i don't know who's going to be left to try and stop one of the five best non-quarterbacks in football the rest of the night but yeah to your point uh, you know they 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 swung help over uh against tj watt and they were moving him around which i love to see that but I mean, I do think, you know, it's easy to get swept up in. Boy, they are one ugly team. This team has no chance, and I'm not saying in 2023 that they're going to compete with the superhero quarterbacks come January, Chiefs or or, or Bengals or, or any of those teams. But I do think that, you know, if you're looking at the pieces the last couple of years, DeMarvin Leal is not a name that most football fans are probably tracking too too much, but he's he's a difference maker up front. They are starting to piece together, not guys that hold their own, but Benton, as you say. Benton is, is a good young player. Benton is a, a, a Nate you can Tice see already favorite. Has a chance. Right. He, he's the a good concern play. is Pickett. Because, I mean, that is, that's the ceiling on them, it feels like, except for the fact that it's, you know, I, I talk about being jammed into this uncomfortable position of, of optimism with these Steelers, and I'm forced to because everybody else is so cynical uh, from local media there and, and the fan base doing its impression of Philadelphia Eagles fans and, oh. and booing everybody Ooh. and all that kind of stuff Ooh. all the time is, is, is strange, but... Um, you know, I think it, it, Pickett is the is the guy who has a chance to, as you say, it's a, the the premise is not carry this team. Josh Allen, the Steelers to the playoffs. Can he pick it? Take care of the ball, make a couple few special plays, and it's crazy how few of those he seems capable of making for at least three quarters. But he does have an knack of turning it on. And as far as that goes, so. Five and three, and where are they in the standings? If you, if you know, if if you feel like this is a terrible team, an ugly game to watch, that's what they want to do, first of all. And secondly, they're in the playoff picture. And the only way, really, in 2023, with very few exceptions, the Eagles fan is feeling good right now, right? Sure. Um, the Dolphins fan. Unless they lose Sunday night. When are we yes. going to talk about the fact that you are exactly like Mike McDaniel? You kind of look like him. No offense <laughs> to Mike McDaniel, but you're a, you're a slightly more attractive version of him. Wow. Maybe we got to put you in the glasses. But you know your vibe. You've got that. You've got that subtle sense of humor and everything. I think that this is a compliment to you and to Mike McDaniel. There are no losers in this equation, but. I mean, so Dolphins fans are happy. Texans fans are probably feeling good because they feel like, well, we got our guy and we know that we're going to be good and brighter days are ahead. And maybe now Titans fans feel that way about Levis. But after that, who, who's happy right now? You know, who, who Chiefs fans? Probably not. They know that that team hasn't played very well. And, and, and no, I'm there's a lot of grumbling. There. There's not a lot of enjoying the moment and not a lot of enjoying the pro- the the. Where are you at? It's just whatever happened last week. So the Bengals, the Bengals fans are happy. Okay, now that's turned a corner. Yeah, I mean, there just isn't as much splash, obviously. Empirically, that's true. But statistically, it bears out, too, with point totals this season and and otherwise. But, you know, 
the thing about these knuckleball Steelers is that remains true that I, to, to finish the point is, okay, Mitchell Trubisky, the Jags are a good team and the Steelers once again turned that thing into a knuckleball last Sunday. And I don't know what would have happened if it would have been Pickett instead of Trubisky with his magic fourth quarter powers. It was a one score game. How do we know he wouldn't have done exactly what he's done every other time he's been put in that spot in a close game? He tends to win it. They either get whipped once, two, three times a year lately. They get annihilated by an outclassed. Otherwise, every game is somewhere around 13-12. I mean, they're five and three. If they were in the NFC, like they're better than any of the seven seed candidates. It's going to be tougher to be the seven seed in the AFC, but they're probably the most, they're about as likely as anyone. If I had to choose one today, they would probably be my seventh team. Am I, is that right? Yeah, they would be. Well, yeah, they would count them up. You count them up. I'm counting counting dolphins and bills. They're both in, right? I'm counting who's ahead in the division right now. I'm counting, Ravens and Bengals. And then I'd put the Steelers because yeah. you look, you got, here's who, who's coming up for the Steelers. You you finish with a tough three games, Bengals, That's Seahawks, right. Ravens. That's going to be tough. But before that, you have Packers, Browns, Bengals, or it's at, at Bengals, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts. Those are a lot of winnable games. And I, I think they're going to get better. The one thing they got to do, and then we're going to take a break quickly and then talk Titans. Uh, Dan was right. He said, oh, it's you and Sheck. This is going to be a honk fest. He was like putting the over under, you know, higher than way higher than our TNF average. The last thing I'll say, though, is to to get to the playoffs or at least to even be a reasonable threat to win that first playoff game. They can't be a team that when they get the ball back with 206 to go and the other team has three timeouts, just calls, you know, loses two on their first run and calls two more runs anyways. They just say, like, we don't even trust our quarterback to throw the ball one time. It's just Mike Tomlin is great, but he's and he's one of the last coaches that'll ever be dragged into the 21st century in terms of like going for it on fourth down or, or making aggressive decisions like that. But he, he was better when he had bet when a real quarterback at some point they will have to make decisions like throw the ball and not just they decide, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. let's go I'll give the Titans a whole other drive and a chance to go win the game. And let's not even try to play football here because we're so afraid of Kenny Pickett. And there were I, I mean, I think the call there on third, first of all, they have thrown in that in a similar spot this year, which well, actually they could have thrown on me. first down too because it was like you would have had the two-minute warning. I just, I, I fully expected them to run the ball three times and punt there. And it was like you weren't even burning all the Titans timeouts. They still would have had one. So I'm just well, they shut the play there in the middle team, of the field. You got to throw the ball there at mid. Right, I agree with you. Of course, at midfield, um, third nine, third and ten, whatever it was in that spot. There's no danger in in, in not just throwing the ball, but taking a deep shot. You know, yes. the you're sack. You know, if you get sacked, okay, you punt it away. Just you know, take care of the ball. Make sure that uh, there's not someone about the blind side you ate, and we'll be all right. And if you if you uncork it. Throw it as far as you can, Ken. Throw it as far as you can, fella. <laughs> if it gets picked at the, you know, at the ten, all right, it's a punt. So right. fine. He just he just wanted to get rid of the timeout, and it's like that's very. Mike Vrabel would have done the same thing. These two teams I, watching them are mirror images. We're gonna take a quick break. Wait, wait, we'll wait. I just want to say this. I say, I, I say you're, right now. You're the still two, on after the break, Shaq. I understand, but I want to say, I want to say here and now. I want to challenge Hand Zeus. I say we go four and a half hours or shame the devil. I'll say you. Let's go till dawn. What do you think about that? All night. Me and the boss. Dream come true. I mean, we'll keep talking even after we stop hitting record. We love to honk. All right, take a quick break. We'll get come back. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we're back. I've, for the first time this season, actually, um, just gotten Emika, my beautiful wife, to and my daughter, Ellis, are both peeking out of the main house. I'm in the garage. And they're they're just giving me a shush. Oh no! They're like you are screaming and yelling. You're like the whole neighborhood can hear you. But I think this is just me getting 
Tomlin turns Getting every excited. game into a knuckleball. Damashek turns every conversation into a shout fest. Welcome to it. I mean, I I, I would anyways. Uh, Hansis is right. We're, we won't sp- spend as much time on the Titans, but I actually. When you're going to talk about the Jets, don't you see Zach Wilson? <laughs> don't you see he's going to be our hero? He's going to carry us until we get to A Rod. <laughs> uh, don't count us out of the playoff picture yet, boss. Oh no, no one is. No one is. Uh, Will Levis. He was the biggest story in this game to me just because he's new and I've seen the Steelers team and I think they're building. And mm-hmm. I thought this Titans team, I, I never count them out because they're the Titans and they're three and five. I don't even count them out for the seven seed either right now because I think they have something. I, I watched that first game and I thought, wow, he did some really next level things, not just those touchdown passes, but he was like getting to the second read. And when pressure was there, he was making good decisions. He was like getting rid of the ball. He was looking like a tough guy. Okay, let's let's see it again. Now he's got to be on a short week. He's going to be in Pittsburgh. He didn't have two weeks to prepare for Atlanta, and he played as well or better. And you can point out a few missed throws in the second half, and he got picked off there at the end when he's you know trying to make a play. He's got to try to go for the end zone there. And that was a nice play by Quan Alexander. But, man, he looked like a dude. He looked like a dude that's just like, I'm going to be watching him play for the Titans most every week for the next what six years, eight years, however, whatever it turns out to be, he just looks like a dude because it doesn't seem too big for him. He's clearly talented at throwing the ball down the field and the game isn't going that fast. He's processing it all pretty quick, which I think was one of the big questions about him coming out of Kentucky. And he's obviously athletically very talented. So I could go through like which plays I loved, like the, the play where he threw it across his body and Hopkins actually dropped it which was almost like wow why are you trying that pass but it worked it was a Mahomesian type pass but also some just like regular old third and nine like hole shots over a zone defense he he looks good and I think Boy, he made I mean just some, yeah I know that the, the the weird arm angles and you know throwing across basically two two yards behind the line of scrimmage all the way across the field from one sideline <laughs> right. to the other or just about uh, get your attention but yeah he just made some some real good strong arm throws throughout the night and the other thing we didn't even see tonight was him taking off which he can do he's a big physical runner when he wants to be you know i i've told you this before and you've poo-pooed it you you've you've played skeptic to damashek when i've claimed unironically i'm a qb whisperer now mm. listen i i can't be a draft guru because i can't analyze the the left guard from the mac team who might go in the fifth round but with qbs no one has a better track record than damashek maybe it's good now okay i've had my misses i had the late ryan mallet that's the one you always point to but i said you can find it on social media i suspect i said three years ago no two and a half years ago i said this guy at kentucky who transferred from penn state will levis is the real deal Mm. and he's going to be dynamite in the nfl so, I mean, I don't know that I'm right two games in, but he does look like the real deer. Here's the question. All I know is you remember whatever slights anyone sends yes. your way, even for a football take, like giving you grief about yes. uh, the late Ryan Mallet. Rest in peace. Of course. Uh, of course I do. How, well, you know. You so do you. Go. What do you think? Like, I don't care what anybody says. I, it's I not that I don't care. Is. I don't remember. My brain is... is uh, it's made of cheese. I don't know. I mean, I remember the some of the football stuff, but it thank all you for not condescending out. to me because you could have put yourself in a better light by saying like, "I have better things to worry about." You petulant ass. You know that's that's how you should be. No, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly remember some slights, but it has to be real personal. It wouldn't be a football. Have I ever slighted you? Slight. No, not that I remember. You know, no? Damashek presents a tough exterior outside, uh, but do he's I? A, He's a, he's a, I do. <laughs> he's a cuddly, I am. He's a OG guy. tough guy. That's for sure. That's how everybody knows me. They've, Wait, they've got a quarterback. That, they can't go back to Ryan Tannehill the rest of this season. Is that Will Money, Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven, or is that Dave Damashek? I can't tell the difference. Both rugged <laughs> souls. That's that's right. I'm a tough. Um, yeah, of course. And, you know, I, it's funny because I've been saying since, um, I don't know, February, March, April, what are the Titans doing holding on to Ryan Tannehill at this point? Maybe it was post-draft. But either way, to me, the guy who, instead of Sam Darnold, Kyle Shanahan should have gotten Ryan Tannehill. Do you imagine if you mm. plug him in 
right now. I, that was when I assumed that Brock Purdy wasn't possibly going to be ready to go by week one. I mean, he had major arm surgery, we thought, or show, but still, Tannehill is the solve or would have been for several teams. I don't know the state of his health right now, but if he had been 100% a week ago, do you suspect he would be hmm. on a contending team right now? Imagine him if you could have just said, if you're the Vikings, okay, we don't have Kirk. Come on up, uh, Ryan Tannehill. They would have been just fine in that NFC. I think they would have had a chance to chase a playoff spot. They would have been the team, I think, that would have bothered maybe a fourth-round pick. And I think the Titans, if they had seen this first game from Levis and then now certainly two, would have been hmm. Yeah, right. That's probably right. To do it. The thing is, and it's a reminder, man, the preseason can be a lie. I mean, it so often is. But it can be a lie in the, in the opposite direction, too, because – I, I believe all the reporters and the way that Rabel talked and the coaches. It wasn't just that Will Levis looked awful in the preseason. His training camp was reportedly awful. Like he just, when he was in the joint practice, it was actually against the Vikings. So maybe they maybe they weren't too high too high on Tannehill. Maybe they saw something. I don't even know. That like he could barely operate what was going on. It was just he wasn't ready for it. But you do kind of forget. Well, that was eight weeks ago. And training camp is only four weeks long. And he's had all that time in the building to continue to get better. And the regular season is just a totally different animal than being good in practice every day, too, at training camp. So who knows? Maybe he's stunk at practice the last couple of weeks, too. I don't even know. And he just knows how to play. But whatever it is, everyone said Malik Willis was out dueling him every practice, right. practice after practice. And in the preseason, when we got to see it a little bit like, Oh yeah. I mean, he's totally lost. And now, you know, he, he looks as good as any rookie over the last two years in terms of his first two starts. Wouldn't that be I'm funny if he ends up being the best starts. of the bunch? It really is wild. The, the, um, you know, the certitude that we provide, what we give, you know, obviously Daniel Jeremiah, you remember him, right? Yeah, he's the guy that said Darnold was the number one player in the draft. Ah, zinging him. You better be careful with yourself. I don't know. I don't know who outweighs who over there at the NFL at this point. Oh, I think I know. I think it's the one on the NFL draft. <laughs> well, then keep on keep on flapping your gums. He'll make a call. I, I want the guy. I, I want the the boss. He's out. Um, but um, the what was I? I don't remember what we were talking. Oh. With, um, with, okay, yeah, that was a swing and a miss from uh, DJ. I do remember having that conversation. Oh, I, I with him. feel bad now, you know. I do bring but, up that know, one. But, you know, it and, does bring up that, this. I do, I did, I'm, I've always been mad that I didn't ask Justin Herbert um, if he ever brought it up that, you know, because Jeremiah is always around the Chargers, that he had mm -hmm. Herbert like tw ranked 20th behind uh, this guy. That would guy, be a fun question to ask. Behind yes. this guy, Ross Blacklock, who I, you know, was like, I don't even know if he's in the league right now. Here's my question for you. <laughs> Do you think now, this may sound like a hot take and perhaps that's what it stands as and the hyperbole and whatever else. Can you make a case when, hmm, why, why is that quarterback playing so well? What's going on with Jared Goff, this big resurrection from this guy? I have long said, if you, you know, my lament, you may recall, I don't remember when it was, eight, 10 years ago, that how is it possible in a world of 7 billion people. We can't find 32 people that can halfway decently play quarterback in pro football. Yes, I think it's this largely long... been solved. QB yeah, saturation, what... injuries aside, the injuries happen, but there are 30 to 35 guys that you could throw in there. I suspect, though, they're like, how come that guy in the fourth round worked out when the first round who everybody was in on? Agree or disagree? It's not the offensive line. It's not the pass catcher. Maybe it's not even the quarterback. The most valuable thing you can have on your team in 2023 is a heady offensive coordinator. Is hmm. Ben Johnson more valuable than any any player on that Lions roster? Maybe. Kyle Shanahan? What's the voodoo? He can make Brock Purdy work, and people say, hey, 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 don't, can't knock Brock Purdy. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of take some shots at Brock Purdy when every other guy who's ever played for Kyle Shanahan is good too, right? I mean, you you see what I'm getting at. Respond. I guess I disagree because I still still think that eight to ten quarterbacks that maybe transcend that are more valuable. No, no, eight to ten, three to six at tops. Lamar, you know, okay, I would even 
you know. Well, I we've already be... seen Lamar can't do it if he and now he's oh no Lamar. Resurrected that's what I mean. Him. He tra- he transcends it. I mean, how many of these coordinators make that big a difference? Um, you might the be good right. ones I think, make I you were as big a difference offensive. as Joe Burrow or Josh Allen yeah, but or here's Patrick the, Mahomes. Here's make. the thing: Tim Kelly is not one of those guys. Do you know who Tim Kelly is? He's the offensive coordinator yes. and the play caller. Nobody knows who Tim Kelly is, but I can see right off the bat. Will Levis is a dude. And actually, you could see Ryan Tannehill when he got to Tennessee and he kind of matured in his career. He was enough of a dude that the play-action scheme they ran helped him look like statistically, EPA-wise, a top-five quarterback in the league. No one believed that. But he was good enough. And so that's that, to me, is still more valuable. than there, There's only so many of these great play colors. I don't know. I well, guess there are only so many of those QBs that are actual drivers who overcome mediocrity around them. Everybody else is sold as being that, but there are only, you know, three, maybe, you know, you could boil it down to Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen no. is, is You're crazy. A, what, how we long Lamar, called him a freak Josh show. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, whatever. Uh, I'd even throw those names you just threw out would not, you could not just plug them into any team. No, but if they're in a good system with a good enough coach, then, then they will be, then they will be a difference maker. Uh, I think that the Titans have a chance. I'm not putting them there either. I think another problem people do is like all the people just assume after two games. Okay. Like we were right about Levis and you guys Mm -hmm. were wrong about Bryce young or this or that. Like, okay, let's give it a little bit of time, but he looks like a dude who's going to be around. I feel Mm -hmm. pretty confident after two, two weeks of that. And that's great news. I I'm not giving up on this Titans team quietly. Their offensive line has been better this year. Um, they improved from catastrophically bad for the last two to three years. And I've been saying this this year, like if you watch the Titans game, they're actually just like, okay, or maybe even slightly below average or maybe average. I don't know, but it's, it's huge when you go from the worst in the league to like, okay, it gives you a chance to grow. Nuke is playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I like the way, uh, Derrick Henry ran. They were like, they're a receiver short. They're a little short. Their defense isn't quite good enough for a defensive minded head coach. And they've put a lot of resources there. So they, they probably won't get it done, but their schedule is very easy and they're the Titans. So I think they should well, be yeah, encouraged. I, I, and I think they might be in the mix here by the end. I think that's true. And that has a, a lot to do with the mediocrity around them. I mean, you think about the AFC North and all those games still upcoming between each other. Obviously, they're going to cannibalize each other. So that's going to knock them down. Who are you? I mean, the ja- you know, the Jags are the team that legitimizes the, the, the South, potentially. They may end up with the number Jags, one seed. Jags are a real fact. team. Jags I agree. I, I'm not knocking them. I'm saying, yeah. but, you know, the Texans are, are fun. But are they definitely going to play out the rest of the season here and be a, a threat week in and week out? Eh, maybe not. I, I bet there's a there's a chance for the the Titans, to your point, with an easy schedule to to be a factor. We thought in August, I assume you would agree, when you looked at the AFC, I said more hyperbole possibly from Dave, but I said I don't think in the Super Bowl era there has been as loaded a conference top to bottom. I don't mean high-end teams. I mean one through 16 that you would look at and say like, well, definitely that team and that that you could cobble together a list of four teams that definitely weren't going to the playoffs. There were so many good teams that you thought had a chance and now even five, six weeks and you're like, that team is not nearly as good as I thought they were. And so based on the the sea of mediocrity in which all these teams have ended up swimming in, I don't, you know, Steelers are fine. Browns may get in. Um, you know, Chargers. I I have I have a hunch. Well, this is a big one. Almost an elimination game in New York this weekend, mm. right? Between Zach little, Wilson and Justin Herbert. For that. It's a little, a little early for that. But all right, well, you better get red hot after that if you're either one of those teams when you have to play the Bills and Dolphins again. Or if you're the Chargers, you still have the Chiefs, and you know the Broncos are playing a, a wee bit better. Absolutely, uh, the Titans have are only a negative twelve point differential on the year. The Steelers are negative thirty. The Titans, there's nothing better as a fan than feeling like, ooh, we might have a quarterback. I don't think the Steelers fans feel that way after today. Do you so think that is, is that, that right? is one consolation for the Titans? They lost the game, but I feel I if I was a Titans fan, I would be if I was Justin Graver the old grave digger. I'd be very excited about the future and maybe even this season they can make a grave digger was a nice person. He's still alive. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why he's I celebrating about in the his past. Texas 
Rangers winning the World Series. He's over there working at Fox, and he's covering it live, sees his team win it live. It was like my first Super Bowl when I saw Randy Moss catch the game-winning touchdown with just over two minutes to go to cap off the first undefeated season in NFL history for the Patriots. I want to oh, talk wait, about that. Wait, Let, what, let's get back to that. Let's get that back trip. to that in one second. The one thing I want to say to the Titans fans and any football fan, if you <laughs> if the game didn't go your way on Thursday night, or even if you're a Steelers fan and feeling frustrated, because this is the way you have to say even after a loss, like, Dave, Matt Canada's no good. Dude, they got fired at Dave Tomlin. The standard ain't the standard no more. We don't win no playoff games no more. All that kind of stuff. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> we all just bore witness to history. 8v8, Kenny Pickett wore number eight against mm-hmm. Will Levis, number eight. Now, of course, not enough to replace the all-time greatest eight quarterback versus eight quarterback matchup, Aikman versus Steve Young, but this is still noteworthy. Maybe we'll look back on this one in decade, in a decade from now and say, you know what, it's time to amend the Aikman-Steve Young thing, you know? So we saw a little bit of history. But now, speaking of history... What do you think about the Patriots <laughs> maybe trading Bill Belichick? Ooh, to who? <laughs> you haven't heard that? That's the rumor this week is that at the end of the season, they're going to trade him to the Washington commies. I mean. What do you think? That's where Lombardi ended his career. I hope that doesn't happen for Belichick. Cause do you? As far Why? as I because remember, you Lombardi was he... mediocre. And then more or less, I got to check. I got to check the facts. But I, yeah, I think he, he almost kind of died on the job like he quit and like it wasn't going you know it wasn't going well it yeah you know, it was unceremonious i wouldn't want to see that happen but it's painful Good for to, you. to watch this i like that, that's that you're a man of loyalty and honor and you wouldn't because a lot i'm sure you've heard patriots fans they're not very happy at all about what's going on no. i think the big winner do you agree with this the big winner of the last three years and this season for sure is tom brady because now it's just been laid bare the, the debate that went on for at least the last 15 years, like, who's more do you think, Tom Brady or Belichick? Belichick or Tom Brady? It's, it's pretty obvious that the guy left, went to play for uh, Bruce Arians in Florida somewhere, got drunk in his mid-40s and won the Super Bowl uh, I mean, while Bill Belichick scuffles along. Funny how, uh, how, how uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, and I certainly think that these people in New England saying like, man, maybe it's time for the old man to move on. He gets as much rope as he wants. He delivered you all those Super Bowls. He writes his own ticket, right? I'm with that. I agree, and I've never liked that argument. Of course, it's the player that that matters more, but it's the combination, and they were a beautiful combination. And I do like like Bomani Jones' take that, like, he did win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady's second year in the league when Tom Brady was, like, the 22nd best quarterback in the league. And I was like, that's a good point. but, But then that goes back to where we started 20 or 30 minutes ago. That when you're quarterback, when you find the guy and he's still on his rookie deal, now you're in the sweet spot. Do you know, the boss, that even in the age of Tom Brady, over the last, I forget what the number is. I think it's since the start of the millennium, if I counted this right. If, if the, you, you know, I'm not a numbers guy, but I think I counted this right. I think it's 49 or 51% of all Super Bowl starting QBs were on their rookie deals over in the last uh, 23, 24 Super Bowls. I mean, that's in the age of Brady when he was going to Super Bowls in his 15th year and whatever. So okay. that's going to offset those, skew those numbers in favor of the vets anyway. And despite that, half the QBs, it's inarguable that that's where you want to be, obviously. The trick is to actually have the guy and not uh, try to delude yourself into thinking because you used a first round pick on him. We got to make him work. It's year four. We're sticking with it. I mean, okay. There's Matthew Stafford just won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes just won the Super. I don't know. You can't tell me it's a disadvantage to have like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no matter what you're paying him. Jalen Hurts didn't win it last year, but he played well enough. It you just need a great quarterback. You need I a great mean, quarterback. Okay, I'm trying to work. My, why, why can't? You and by work the way, Vince Lombardi, God rest his soul, one of the greatest ever, maybe the greatest. Oh, I have I have another hot take. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't he, talked he, to you in a he while. He had that whole run with the Packers. He was emotionally exhausted. He sat out one year. He couldn't stay on the sideline, so he went to Washington. 
Uh, and he went seven, five, and Look two. Look who knows his history. Good no, for I'm, you, I'm boss. checking it. He went to Washington, went seven, five, and two. Well, the part that I was checking on, unfortunately, was the circumstances surrounding his death. And I believe he only coached that one year and had to step down because um, he got cancer and he right. did pass right but away. But he was. That's but not people think he Belichick, just. But, uh, yeah. He just wa- uh, uh, he walked off the field I- at the Orange yeah. Bowl after Super Bowl two after vanquishing Daryl LaMonica and company and, and and went off into the sunset. In fact, as you point out, yes, people don't know that extra chapter of his coaching life. You know what? While we're talking about Washington, I have one more hot take. I want to tell you real quick. We're, Belich- we're proving hands is so right. We're at good. 44 good. That's minutes. what I want to do. Okay. That's what I want to do. I'm having you. a good time. I good. hope we're our going till dawn. Do too. We're Settle in, man. We got like six, eight hours to go till sunup. <laughs> now, listen, dig this. Here's my big one. Belichick, who is he the best? Don Shula, overrated. Our pal, handsome Hank Hodgson, will agree with that. The diehard Dolphins fan. Boy, what a wonder. Well, Shula I'm was. not he accepting tra- this as a premise. He's not overrated. Yeah, he is. Let me tell you why. He, okay, he, uh, he makes the paradigm shift from we're, we're, we're a run team, we're a run team. It's Zonka and, and Mercury Morris and Jim Kick and Bob Greasy is the most fraudulent. Oh, Shula's of, overrated. Shula. The oh, most yes, fraudulent, the most fraudulent uh, Hall of Famer that exists. And when people like, Eli Manning better not get into the Hall of Fame and so on, whenever people summon names like, Bob Greasy's in the Hall of Fame. He threw five passes in a playoff game. And what are we talking about? Um, I think he threw four passes in a full playoff game once. Talk about a passenger. Anyhow, he had Marino for all those years, got the one Super Bowl with him because he blew the personnel side of it. But anyway, Bill Walsh is the real deal. You know who's the best Super Bowl coach? Joe Gibbs. That's who. He's the yeah. only one who did it with non-Hall of Famers, and he did it three times. Yeah. That's amazing, he, right? And then he went to a completely different sport that most of the football populace doesn't care about but built a like a dominant yes. franchise as dominant in that entirely different sport which to me i'm no nascar expert my son likes it and it's like that's i think that just proves what a great coach he is anyone that could possibly have pulled that off and then done it in another sport it's like it's unbelievable isn't it crazy the week that bob knight passes away i knew this and i'd forgotten it but it was brought up in all the the memorials to bob knight but bill parcells was on Bob Knight's Army basketball coaching staff. Mm-hmm. That's wild, right? But you know, Bo Jackson. I mean, uh, Joe Gibbs is Bo Jackson of coaching. To your to, to your point, right? I mean, he he left the highest level of football and went over and did stock car racing, and then and then took that over too. That's amazing. He did. I mean, he, he won did. a Super Bowl with Mark Rippon. And with Doug Williams and with Joe Theismann. Three times he did that. Four Super Bowls in what was that? Nine, ten years? Remarkable. He in did a loaded also NFC. return, you know, to the Washington uh, team and uh, go to the playoffs, I believe, with Mark Brunel. I don't know if anyone remembers that. But I do was... remember that. You're right. Good for you. I thought that you picked up on football around like 2002. But good for well, you. That, Look well, who that is. Di- that's past that. I I was always a fan, but I, it wasn't my job. Um, now now we get paid to just honk and make uh, my family yell at me for uh, being too loud God, late at now night. Now it's um, time to keep it down for the for the next seven and a half hours. We're gonna we're gonna whisper because it's nighttime now. <laughs> Dave Damashek is the host of the Minus Three podcast. They've got uh, a fun little like fifteen minute pregame. At 4 p.m. on Fridays, what, what what is that? You got the extra points. It's part of well, the extra points. You got you yeah. got a lot cooking over there. You got our old friend from NFL Media, Eddie Spaghetti, with you. It's a lot of yeah. Old he's friends. Eddie Spaghetti is in his usual spot behind the glass, chiming in as uh, as he's wont to do. And Kevin Hench, very funny, deeply knowledgeable um, sports fan, uh, big comedy writer, and all that. But uh, but. Um, diehard Boston sports fan my 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 Patriots based opinions have Mm. been uh have are are well worn if you if you listen to minus three I'm I'm throwing some of those at you but yeah listen with all due respect most of your opinions eventually become well worn the good ones the good ones you got to reuse them this was you know your old friend Emma would always point that out it was from her favorite times of the year when you'd bring out the old that's right 
I have, I have, uh, yeah, most overused bits, I think she called it. <laughs> All right, listen, I have three or four thoughts in my head, and I've I've uh, leaned on them for the last three decades. It's it's worked out halfway decently. Um, but yes, <laughs> it occurs to me, or it did occur to me over summer, I don't know who decided that pregame shows needed to be more than a half hour, and then they went to an hour. And then mm. they went to three hours and the four hours. And, and now they're all about like, and I like the feel good story. You know, uh, you, you know me, Dave, one of, the, one of the great empaths of society. I like to hear people's nice stories and their journeys about like, he may be a superstar now, but he was born without a head. And then, you know, like you hear those stories and they feel good and the nice music. I love them. I just don't need them right before the game. Tell me those on Tuesdays or Wednesdays before the game. Just tell me who's going to win by how mm. much, who's going to have a good game. We do it all in 15 minutes. Then you can get out the door and live your life. 15 minutes, the minus three pregame show. It's a breeze. Lots of fun. It's a little bit, if you're old school enough, it's a little bit like the shame report projecting ahead for the week over 15 minutes. Mm. Good times. I did love the shame report, and I like that idea that that it's quick. We don't we don't need all the time. I mean, I'm glad that the pregame shows are keeping a lot of our friends and yeah, sure. Know, this industry I'm employed. Happy for That's that. fine, but I'm with you. I need it to be short uh, for for newer listeners of the show. And and I find more and more it, it's crazy. You know, of course it happens. Listeners drop off, new listeners come on. I've been told by many listeners like they started listening after Wes was on the show. Like, of course, we have hmm. some plenty of new listeners. It's been a few years. That sort of blows my mind, but we love hearing about them and learning, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's like, so, so people might not know, you know, that the first, the very first iteration was the ATL Debate Club, Mark Sessler, Dan Hansis on the back of the Dave Damashek football The program. Flames. They That's were what the we Flames. Call them, was, yeah, they, they, they'd break out the flamethrowers. The Flames and would make the scene. Flame so, on, you know? So we owe a debt to Dave, but not just for that, just for his friendship and, and helping uh, the whole thing go at the NFL and now over uh, with the Minus 3 podcast. It, it's, been, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a thin slice of heaven, Dave Damashek. All right. I guess we can, we'll do this in parts, but we are going to we, do we 10 hours keep, worth of podcast. We can just keep talking after, but this okay, is the we'll time to hit the music, Randy. Let's go. Um, for Dave Damashek. still talk more, Randy. You better get in soon or else I'm going to start going. <laughs> it's been fun. Uh, Titan Steelers, they gave us a good game. They gave us a lot to talk about. Dan was right. We're always going to find a lot to talk about. Until Let's get Sunday. To seven and three and get them brownies. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.